0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, we commemorate the Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council. It's a historical event within the life of the Church. And for those of you who came into Orthodoxy in your adult life, you went through catechism, you learned about the seven ecumenical councils, You might be able to remember who it was at the First Ecumenical Council or what was important there. We could view it all as history, of course. But the church every year gives us this feast day in which we commemorate them, begging us to think, what is so important about this? What is so important? The First Ecumenical Council was the first time that the church got together as an entire body to fight off a heresy, that heresy of Arius. And Arius, if you may recall from your catechism, he was the one who said that Jesus Christ is God, but not the same as God the Father. That God the Father is pre-eternal, existing forever, but Jesus as almost like a demigod, although he didn't use that word. He was created by God. And we see what a major problem this is, because if Christ is not God, then we do not have salvation, because we can't partake in divinity. So Christ, as the church unanimously proclaimed, is fully God of the same essence, that's the specific phrase that we have in the the Creed, of one essence with the Father. Completely the same. In the hymns at Vespers, it said, Some very strong fighting words about what was going on at that first ecumenical council. This is one hymn. It says, The God-bearing fathers burning with zeal like the prophet Elias with the sword of the spirit cut off the blasphemer and his teachings of shame. If you recall in the Old Testament, what did prophet Elias do? He slew 450 prophets of Baal, of the false god, with a sword. It's pretty strong words. Now, at the first ecumenical council, they did not slay Arius, and yet these hymns are speaking in this way very strongly against Arius, who's called the uh, arch-heretic, who is one who caused great division in the church. So why all this strong language? Because division is serious business. This is what we learn whenever we commemorate the ecumenical councils, Division is serious business because ecumenical councils aren't just that the bishops get together and they say, let's all get together and let's all talk and have some nice fellowship. Councils are when there's a problem in the church, when there's a division in the church, when there's some way in which something that's being described is not quite right. And so the church in her wisdom convenes a council to ex to explain what is right, what is true. So we get this strong language against this one who was dividing the church so so deeply at the time. We hear about this again in the epistle today. St. Paul talks about division. And he warns that when he's leaving the church that he was visiting, he says, take heed. And that word is like the word that you have on a warning sign. Uh, which means... Like caution, watch out. Why does he say this? Because fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be vigilant. And that word, be vigilant, rigorite, is the same word that we have in the, the, the hymn from the bridegroom service about the servant who is vigilant versus the servant who is not watchful. He says, be vigilant. We must be vigilant. We've definitely seen that in the last year, have we not? About the ways in which divisions creep within the church, opening up more and more to cause great chasms within our society, within the world. Everywhere, division. We always remember that the one... The divider is the one who is behind all of this. But we take part in that as human beings. There were times where wolves were trying to pull away the people. But we have to be honest that sometimes we were the wolves. We wanted people on our side. So we went and talked to people about our side or our viewpoints on politics, on public health, on theology, on whatever it may be wanting people on our side, which always means what? There's another side, which means what? There's a division. This is not what we want. But fortunately, by God's grace, despite these divisive forces that were going on around, we now see within our church that things are renewed. This is a joyful thing. We're coming out of the, the, phase, the haze of COVID, I don't know if you've heard the good news, but the Governor has said in the very near future there won't be restrictions. No more masks, no more social distancing. So we see that we're reaching to that point, getting past this particular area of division. We've also seen within our parish, as it looks for a new home, we've seen unanimity last Sunday. It was beautiful to see all of us together having questions having concerns, but wanting to work through it together. So it's a beautiful thing. And I'm very thankful to see the way in which our church is coming back together, is healing those wounds of division, which will take time. They will take time. I'm sure for some of you, there are people within the community where it's going to take a little bit of time to fully heal those wounds. Our Lord says in the gospel today, in his High priestly prayer to God the Father. He says, That they may be one, even as we are one. These are very profound words. They speak to a very deep unity. That unity that is in the Trinity. That unity that is so strong that we are monotheists. Even though there are these three persons of the Trinity, it's one God. That's how deep the unity is that he wants between us. St. Cyril of Alexandria says this about what our Lord said. He says, Christ wishes the disciples to be kept in a state of unity by maintaining a like-mindedness and a unity of will, being mingled together, as it were, in soul and spirit and in the law of peace and love for one another. He wishes them to be bound together tightly with an unbreakable bond of love, That they may advance to such a degree of unity that they become an image of the natural unity that exists between the Father and the Son. And he continues that is to say, Jesus wishes them to enjoy a unity that is inseparable and indestructible, which may not be enticed away, but rather preserves the power of love in unity. And this is what happened. For as we read in the Acts, the company of those who believed were of one heart and soul, that is, in the unity of the Spirit. This is also what Paul himself meant when he said, We who are many are one body in Christ, for we all partake of the one bread. That's St. Cyril talking about the deep unity that Christ desired and also inaugurated with his apostles. And this is that same unity that we strive, we strive, we strive to partake in. And this is what happened last Sunday at the General Assembly. In getting out of the COVID era, our parish is becoming more united. And what comes with that is, as Jesus said also in the Gospel today, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In unity and in love, we become stronger We receive joy, we receive grace, peace. The opposite of division is peace, is harmony. Like we say so often in the church, in peace let us pray to the Lord. St. John Chrysostom, I want to read one other long quote from one of our beloved church fathers. St. John Chrysostom explains to us how powerful the unity of love is. He says, our Lord says that they may be one as you and I are one. There is nothing that can equal unanimity and concord, for this is how one becomes many. If ten people are of one mind, the one is no longer one, but each one is multiplied tenfold. And you will find the one in the ten and the ten in the one. And if they have an enemy who attacks the one, as if having attacked the ten is defeated. For he is the target of ten opponents instead of one. Is one in need? No, he is not in need, for he is wealthy in his greater part, that is, in the nine. And the needy part, the lesser, is concealed by the wealthier part, the greater. Each of these has twenty hands, twenty eyes, and as many feet. For he does not see with his own eyes alone, but with those of the others as well. He does not walk with his own feet alone, but with those of the others. He does not work with his own hands alone, but with theirs. He has ten souls. For he not only does he think about himself, but those souls also think about him. And if they are made into a hundred, it will still be more the same, and their power will be extended even more. Don't you see how the excess of love makes the one multiplied? Don't you see that what nature cannot do, love can? See what a multiplier love is, when it can even make one into a thousand. Why then do we not acquire this power and place ourselves in safety? This is better than all power or riches or health. That was St. John Chrysostom we see the power of love multiplies. So we become stronger as we each ourselves become of one will, of one mind. In unity in God's love, this is where our strength is. St. Paul said in Romans, If God is with us, who can be against us? These powerful words are answered by the Kandakian today. Today we sing the hymn of Ascension because it's the Feast of Ascension. When our Lord was taken up into heaven, which was the completion of our, our entering into eternal life. Because for the first time, humanity, human flesh, was in heaven, was taking part in divinity. Jesus Christ is in the heavens as a man and as God. So he was taken up into the heavens. And the Kandakian, it says this, Jesus crying out to those who love him, I am with you, and no one can be against you. These words here, when it says crying out, literally it's crying out. Jesus is crying out to us, saying to those who love him, those who are united in one mind and in one heart, I am with you and no one can be against you. And even there, in the Greek, it's emphatic. Because in Greek, you don't have to say the pronoun and the the verb, but it has both of those. It's like he's saying, I, very strongly, I am with you and no one can be against you. So as we come out of these difficult times, we'll enter more difficult times. They'll keep coming. Because we keep on having an enemy, till the end of time, till the last of our breath, we will have an enemy who's seeking to divide us. But by God's grace, nothing can overcome us. As we stay together as one body, nothing can break that unity except our own weakness of will, our own sinfulness and struggle. May God grant that we enter into that unity, that we may be one just as he is one. Amen. Let us all say with our whole song, with our whole mm-hmm. mind, let us say, song. <coughs> Lord Almighty God of our fathers, we pray to you. Hear us and have mercy. Have mercy on us.